Hello and welcome to the Swine Disease Reporting System audio report for Report 19, 2019. My name is Daniel Linhares. Hello, my name is Giovanni Trevisan. Hi, my name is Edison. And today we will we have lots to discuss. We will start as usual as usual with the domestic disease monitoring reports, which are reports on pathogen detection, summarizing data from uh, collaborating VDLs, which are Iowa State University VDL, University of Minnesota VDL, Kansas State University uh, VDL, and the uh, Animal Disease Research and Diagnostic Lab at uh, South Dakota University. That's the domestic disease monitoring report part. And then we're going to move to the disease diagnosis reports, which are beyond just the pathogen detection. Uh, we discussed that previous report, uh, previous uh, uh, recording. It goes beyond just pathogen detection. It uh, actually talks about the volume of disease, actual disease uh, being diagnosed at Iowa State at this point. All right, so back to page one here. Let's talk about detection of PERS virus RNA over time by uh, PCR. Giovanni, in this page, the first page, as I understand here, looking at the plots, um, it describes that the percentage positive cases, the per percentage cases testing positive by PERS by PCR is uh, following pretty much the predicted uh, plot here, which is predicted or forecasted based on historic data, and it's actually uh, almost in the in the in the under the the lower boundaries of of prediction. So overall, PERS is as low as it can get for for this part of the this period of the year, which is summer. And but looking more closely here at the age groups. Uh, there is uh, uh, slight evidence of increased detection, again, as expected for this time of the year, but still uh, are already able to see some evidence of increased activity, specifically in growth finish uh, animals, right? Right, that's correct. We are seeing some uh, noise in this data at this moment. And thinking about that, we just inquired the advisory council, what could be the reasons to those small changes be happening right now. And we have multifactorial points that was presented mm -hmm. as reasons to that. And we can uh, discuss about that, but basically is uh, decreased compliance at truck washing at this period of the year could be happening to spread purge virus back from uh, slaughtered plant to uh, finishing sites. Lateral transmission from finished sites, it's another potential reason. Even though we have a restricted number of outbreaks in south farms, they still happening during the summer, and these piglets may be uh, the ones that are contributing for this noise. And also there is south farms that was unable to eliminate the virus that's still mm -hmm. present and circulating on the offsprings. Right, and, and looking more closely here in the growth finish uh, animals, uh, some may suggest that there is increased use of a uh, uh, modified live virus vaccine in that in that age population, which is which is uh, uh, probably true. Um, but looking at the sequences, what do you see? Does do the sequences support that? Does it not? What do you see on the sequencing? 
data. That's a strong point that was pointed by the advisory council. And when we look for the sequences at Iowa State video only, we can see that uh, December, January, and February, and the spring months of March, April, and May, the number of vaccine-like sequence with nine nine similar or above from uh, the first virus strain was higher during this period of year when we compare with previous years. But when we look for summer months, the wild type virus sequence was higher than vaccine-like. So this may suggest that there is some wild type activity going on in the field at this time of the year. Yeah, just reminding, of course, doesn't mean that if you vaccinated a growing finishing pig population, it doesn't mean that if you sequence, it's going to be a vaccine-like virus, right? It may very well be the the wild type. But anyways, data suggests here that this uh, little spike in, in growth finish uh, percentage of, of grow, uh, po- PCR results testing positive in growth finish pigs are indeed vac- uh, sorry wild type virus and not vaccine. And that's... Uh, a bit higher compared to previous same time of the year previous year right yeah so so we see here in both uh f- how about uh, the south farms any uh, how's the activity in south farms at this time of the year Giovanni? south farms we did not have any statistical change that was uh, able to be pointed out but when we look at the first two weeks of august compared with the last two weeks of uh, August, we see some change in the activity. For example, in the first two weeks, the percentage of positive results for this category was 16.25%. When we move for the last two weeks of the month, this, there is a small activity going on in the detection since we moved for 70.6% of positive cases. Seven, for videos. 17.6, right? Yes, 17.6. Okay, yes. so, yeah, so looking at both age groups, seems like it's it's uh, as predicted here or forecasted pre- based on previous years. It's already the first signs that uh, PERS activity is is on the rise, both in the growth finish, more specifically in growth finish peaks, but also a uh, couple percentage points going up in South Farms couple, uh, last couple of weeks. So we'll keep uh, keep an eye, uh, f- keep an eye following developments in the following weeks in regards to purse detection in different age groups. Any other comments on purse? No, I don't have any other comments. Enough of purse. Let's change pages here. Let's talk about uh, still in the domestic disease monitoring reports. Now it's the pay uh, the the topic two. Right, page three of the report, which describes detection of enteric coronaviruses by PCR. So, um, this page talks about shows that the uh, lab detection of PD, uh, Delta coronavirus, and TGE over time shows here the the percentage cases testing positive by each of those, and it opens up by age category. And long story short, for for Delta coronavirus and for TGE, activity is pretty, pretty low, very limited number of cases testing positive. Uh, so no change from what we discussed uh, previously. And, uh, but for PD, the level of detection kind of uh, kissed the upper uh, portion of the, of the prediction bands here. 
uh, with with uh, is, is, is slightly so number of case testing positive by PD slightly uh, up from uh, prediction, but then it, that was the s- second last week of of uh, of uh, August, and then the last week it came back to to normality. So, uh, what's what's the take of the uh, advisory council on that activity of PD? The PD activity may be linked to especially to do fact, two factors. The first one is that we have some herds inside of the US that seeking stability for this virus and they are not looking for elimination. So could be some uh, leakage of this virus to the wind to finish sites. And additionally, similar to what we saw in Perth, it's possible that less compliance at the question could be uh, uh, helping to introduce back to the finishing sites the PD virus from the slaughter plants that was detected. Mm-hmm. Right, and then uh, what else from this page of, or from these plots? Any other re- uh, relevant finding? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah, so b- both PD and PERS slightly uh, uh, slightly up. Those you mentioned the the uh, the reasons. Another reason may be uh, related to weather, right? Maybe starting cooling down. So we'll see uh, how, how the weather develops going forward. All right. So page four of the domestic disease monitoring report. Uh, it talks about uh, detection of mycoplasma pneumonia by PCR. And uh, reading the, the plot here, the detection of mycoplasma PCR per- percentage cases positive by, by PCR for mycoplasma is, uh, is really within the, the, what, what, uh, what's expected by your cyclic regression model. Um, and uh, the looking more closely here in the, in the panel C, which describes the detection level by age category, uh, it seems like this the sow uh, adult or sow uh, age category is increasing uh, relatively higher than uh, than growth finish, right? That's correct. If you look for this age category last year, at same period of the year, we had twenty percent of positive results. Which if, which one, the sows or the growth finish? The sows. The sows. The sows. Yeah. If you look for this year. For this category, we have more than 30% of the positive results. Right. So we're wondering what's the reason for this. And the advisory council that pointed out that we are having more sensitive techniques to detect mycoplasma harmony uh, for the use of mm-hmm. deep tracheal and the other laryngeal uh, sampling methods that are applied in the field and have been better developed in recent years. So this may be the reason why we're seeing this higher detection of mycoplasma harmony. And this may not be a reflection of a uh, higher activity of this bacteria and as a result of the bad techniques and not activity. Laryngeal swabs, deep, deep tracheal swabbing, that's uh, increased sensitivity compared to just uh, oral fluids or even nasal swab, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so um, that closes our s- section about uh, disease detect. Uh, sorry, pathogen uh, detection, 
and to close this section before moving to the to the next section here uh, you did make a, another ask, question for the advisory council which was uh, should, should the US swine industry take advantage of the low detection of TGE and Delta coronavirus specifically and uh, target uh, national or regional elimination programs and uh, what you what you hear from them as expected from a multidisciplinary group we received opposite opinions some says that uh, we should start right away others says that it depends on the pathogen that we are looking for for example TGE may be a good example to start to eradicate right now to take out this uh, pathogen from the swine industry and don't see more in the future. But the, in the other direction, we received uh, answers that say, well, this may be a good example, but it's not a very trade impacting agent and is not high present in the industry. So maybe we should uh, tackle other agents like PD and Delta coronavirus together because the economical benefit of eliminating these agents will be higher when we compare with a TG that's in the low detection. So everybody basically agrees that we need to start for some mm -hmm. agents. It's time to take something out of our bucketed of disease. But the opinions where, what, which one start and when, they diverge between the members of the advisory group. Anyways, for 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 TGE and, and Delta, as we've been discussing here, it's uh, it's amazing how low number of cases that are testing positive for those for those two right so that makes you wonder why not go ahead and and uh and eliminate uh those two and like you said since we're talking about eliminating uh, coronavirus from a herd why not tackling those three so that's an interesting comment yeah that, that's correct if you look for the uh delta coronavirus we have less than one percent of positive results for this month and we test more than two thousand cases that means the number of samples could be even higher because in one case you have more than one sample. And for TG, we have we did not have any positive results, and we test uh, basically the same amount of cases. Mm -hmm. All right. So opportunity for the uh, industry leaders to consider. All right. So that closes our domestic disease monitoring report. And now we're going to move, we have a couple of pages here uh, to discuss about the disease diagnose, diagnosis report, which again goes beyond just pathogen detection. This is disease activity based on diagnostic codes assigned by diagnosticians at the, at the, at the lab. And for, for this data here, we have data from uh, Iowa State University taking advantage of a diagnosis a coding system that was developed by doctors uh, Eric Burrow, uh, Ken Schwartz, and and the and the rest of the path the diagnosticians team, right? So that brings us back that although all, all that system of uh, assigning diagnostic codes al allow us to pull data uh, together and build some uh, 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 charts to describe what are the most common diseases uh, by by system, by respiratory, by digestive, by nervous, so on and so forth. And uh, it also allows us to ask the question, all right, are those numbers within the, what was expected within each syndrome? If so, you move on to the next syndrome. If you find 
as something, for example, in the digestive system, there is a spiking number of di di digestive uh, diagnosis. You could uh, go deeper, right, to this next level and say, is it E. coli? Is it salmonella? Is it rotavirus? So in each bucket, you, you are allowed to uh, uh, statistically define if the number of cases is beyond expected or not. Right? That's correct. And uh, just move ahead a little bit here. This month we just bring a bonus page that explain how we did these algorithms that's based on a uh, center for diseases and control, uh, the CDC USA. So we took advantage of those models that were developed and applied to this data. And there is explanation how that works behind the scenes. But for the reports, we are just going to bring up the digested way of this information. Was there some increased detection for some system or for some agent? And as an example for this report, we just bring up that was not increased detection for the major systems, only for the integument. When we think about integument is basically what covers the body, so that means the skin. And uh, there is a restricted number of cases for this system. And it was basically from an, a specific agent. So we don't have any concerns about one agent that comes out from this uh, system at this moment. So it's a system that is quick to be updated and run on a, a very fast basis. So now we are able to monitor all the system from ISU VDL using this data. All right, so you said that the, the number of respiratory disease diagnoses, digestive, nervous, and so on and so forth for all the, the systems that we, we've been tracking, they are all within expected with the exception of uh, in, in the integument, right? That's any, correct. Any additional information on, on that? No. No? That's oh, it. All right, so um, what else, Giovanni? So that brings us to the last page here, which is the, the, the bonus page. As you said, it, it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a page describing the, how the, the algorithms work for, for the disease diagnose, diagnosis kind of uh, uh, investigations. And uh, what else? It's interesting. How about using this model here for other scenarios? Is it, can we use the same approach here for other uh, for other applications? Somebody may be wondering why they have been tackling for two months this information about disease diagnosis. This uh, model and method can be further used by the SDRS project. As you may at this point of time know, the Chic and the VDL directs approved for us to move for virus information at a regional level. That means a state level. These models can be applied for this work. So we are going to start to work now on the this new project that is PERS virus detection by, at a regional level using these statistical models. So uh, hopefully by the end of this year, you are going to be seeing the report with some changes again. But at this moment, we are going to follow further explore the PERS activity within the USA. Oh, great. All right, so anything else? So that's it. So that's what we had for today. Hope you enjoyed the, the update for the Swine Disease Reporting System uh, Report 19 of 2019. And see you next month. See you next month.